The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. pledge to consecrate my life to the service of humanity 
I will give my teachers the respect and gratitude that is their due. I will practice my profession with conscience and dignity. The health of my patient will be my first consideration. I will respect the secrets that are confided in me, even after the patient has died. I will maintain by all the means in my power the, the honor, honor and, and the, the noble, noble traditions, traditions of the, the medical profession. profession. My colleagues will be my sisters and my brothers. I will not permit considerations of age, disease, or disability. Creed, ethnic origin, gender, nationality, social standing, or any other factor to intervene between my duty and my patient. I will maintain the utmost respect for human life. I make these promises solemnly. I make these promises solemnly. Freely. Freely. And upon, and upon my honor. The Nightingale Pledge, 1893. I solemnly pledge myself before God and in the presence of this assembly to pass my life in purity and to practice my profession faithfully. I will abstain from whatever is deleterious and mischievous and will not take or knowingly administer any harmful drug. I will do all in my power to maintain and elevate the standard of my profession and will hold in confidence all personal matters committed to my keeping and all family affairs coming to my knowledge in the practice of my calling. With loyalty will I endeavor to aid the physician in his work and devote myself to the welfare of those committed to my care. continuing our broadcast a series of programs that had a real strong response on the first two-hour show which was on may 2nd 2018 titled lion voices of liverpool and of course it was about the things that's going on now that we need to see that we don't see a lady gave a message on november 8th 1984 she said dear children you are not conscious of the message which God is sending to you through me. We are in a spiritual coma. Our lady is trying to wake us up into the consciousness out of this coma. Our lady says to expose evil. Our lady has said many times that she wants us to advance. What you get out of the news, you get out of the news. What you get out of the Bible, you get out of the Bible. What you get out of the Medjugorje and the messages, you get out of that. But we're not supposed to be only in Medjugorje, and just doing our prayers. We're not supposed to be just in what's happening in the world. Our Lady wants us to merge these things together, that we have a biblical world outlook based through her messages that is exposing these things. There is a purpose for these things. Don't stick your head in the sand and say, I'll deal with this later. Our Lady says, I am here to educate you, to teach you, that's a profound statement, a profound message. 
if you don't want to be enlightened by these things, or you think, well, the news and the politics and whatever's happening, the events in North Korea is all separate, you're dead wrong. It was a lady in Fatima who said, if man does not repent from his sins, a larger and greater war would break out. It was all about politics. It was about power, dictators, Hitler. And it came because they didn't read the signs of the times. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. They didn't take the scriptures and put it over the events of the world. Last week, part two, I spoke about a feedback that came in talking about Trump was a degenerate. And I said, we didn't elect somebody because of shared values with us. We elected somebody who would go in there and change the situation. And that's what we need. And he has done a whole lot of things for Christianity than many of our previous presidents. And you don't see this. Elaine's here 37 years this June. She's here to change things. And we see things changing. And we see opportunities we haven't had before. And we're all sinners. The person saying he's degenerate is just as much a degenerate as anybody else. Because we all are. Elaine's here to bring us to holiness. To be positive. To come to a new way of life. To live good. To live holy. A lady said, March 25th, 1990, I am with you even if you're not conscious of it because we are in a coma. We're in a spiritual coma. And a lot of what we're talking about is about those who are in a coma, what this evil lying voices and systems is doing. We continue to have a very strong response from so many people that are listening to these programs on this particular topic that a friend of Medjugorje felt very called to speak about, that are giving away these programs, directing their friends and family to them. One man called in and said that he had been an organ donor for many years, and after his conversion to Medjugorje, starting to listen to Radio Wave programs, he began to feel uneasy about that, and he took himself off the lists. But after hearing the program, Lying Voices of Liverpool and the callousing of the heart from last week, he's saying that this just confirms to him so strongly that he had been led by the Holy Spirit to take himself off these donor lists. So a lot of people are calling in, though, and saying, right after I listened to that program the next day, I got a new driver's license and doing all of the proactive things that a friend of Medjugorje has advised them to do. So we're very excited to see this response, seeing that these words are making a difference in people's lives. And you need to continue to spread this, because what happened to you when you heard it, and what changes you made in your life, it's just logic that the next person who you introduced to it would do the same thing. Because this needs to be one of the check marks. When our lady said, when everything is passing, everything is falling apart, only the glory of God remains. The exposing of this will bring this down. So recapping what happened last week was a testimony of one of our supporters who actually heard of an event when one of his former neighbors died and what they did at that point. And then later his wife called and says, you've got to listen to May 2nd's broadcast, Lion Voices of Liverpool. He couldn't believe it. He lived in real time. Go back to last week and listen if you haven't heard that. So we continue this week. I'd like to start off playing the commercials that are growing in numbers because 
this is getting bigger and bigger and bigger for people to donate organs. And it's a tragic thing because now they're focusing on the youth. And Illinois just passed a law targeting 16 and 17 years old. These are children. Think back when you were that age. Are you accountable to everything that's going on? Do you have really cognition of life to make an end-of-life decision? They don't have the cognition to do that. And actually, they have less than people had 20, 30, 40, 100 years ago. They're actually more immature. That's why they call many of them snowflakes. They don't have the all worth all to make that kind of decision. And this law passed in 2018 does not require, as minors, to have parental consent. I don't want my children at 16 years old go behind my back and do something so serious as that. We've used the term that we created, creeping gradualism is how Satan works. So in two years, is it going to be 14 and 15 year olds? That's the way it works. The system starts something and incrementally it goes to the next thing. So this clip is targeted toward Illinois youth. And if you're listening to this program and you live in Illinois, you better start putting in your child's head that you don't do this because the schools are for it. The driver's license office are for it. But it starts at 16, remember? That's when we start driving. It's all pre-planned, all plotted out. Listen carefully to what you're about to hear. All across America, teenagers are making a difference, gaining respect and changing the future. Here in Illinois, the future is now. 16 and 17 year olds can now register to be organ tissue donors in Illinois. Nearly 5,000 people in our state need a life-saving organ and about 300 people die every year waiting. Be part of the solution. Join the Illinois Secretary of State's Organ Tissue Donor Registry. Register at lifegoeson.com. Very clever. Very persuasive. A 16-year-old, 17-year-old wants to be respected. You will gain respect. How do they know that? I never went to somebody that's 20 years old that checked the box for donor on a driver's license. I respect you for what you did. That's such a wonderful thing. They're preying on the sentiments that they're doing something that would gain them more respect when they're never even going to be respected after they did when they gave it. But why are they worried about this? What is the purpose the organ donor lobby put in a commercial like this on when they don't need it? Because every teenager is 16 and 17 that go get their driver's license and they're not going to become a donor will be a donor because it's the law. So this actually uncovers their public relations program to keep favor going for this. Don't trust these people. The second thing in here that bothers me deeply is tissue. It's not just organs now. It's an organ tissue donor. Last week, I read you what was put out in an article from the medical world about myths and facts. It was talking about that it's a myth that your casket won't be open if you're an organ donor. And I read to you last week this thing, but I didn't break it down. I want to break it down to make you understand what it means when it says tissue donor. The donor's body is closed for burial. So there will be no visible signs of organ or tissue donations. For bone donation, a rod is inserted where the bone is removed. The skin donation, 
This is tissue. A very thin layer of skin. And of course, I want to remind you, I'm reading the myth they stated, and this is the fact. So the very thin skin, comma, similar to sunburn peel, is taken from the donor's back. So let's break this down, what it's been said, and the fact to dispel the myth. You mean they're taking off skin off the back of the donor, and it's similar to sunburn peel? How much thought came about that, about similar to sunburn peel? This is a deception. They're making a minimal deal about it. There's no big deal. How do you donate something like when you peel and you've been to the beach, your skin? It falls apart. It's thinner than paper. You can't even cut that off of a body that, like that. But see, everything here is staged to make it acceptable. So this tissue thing, nobody's going to go into it like this because we don't have time to think. We don't have time to investigate. We don't have time to research. So with skin donation, a very thin layer of skin similar to sunburn peel is taken from the donor's back, period. And then it continues. Because the donor is clothed and lying on his back in the casket, no one can see any difference. This peeling of the hide off of a body, of a loved one, do you want to contribute to this butchering that's taking place? Well, somebody else can use it, you might say. No, it's not about that. It's not all fluffy. It's about money. The end does not justify the means. But there's so much benefit. How can you argue against this, you might say? And after all, the paperwork where it says the myth and the fact, it says my family will be charged if I donate my organs. And it says in the fact side, no, the recipient pays for it. But between the donor and the recipient, there's a whole lot of money taking place. His insurance pays for it. You got the operating rooms. The only person who's donating is the person that's dead. So what happens from there? You think the hospital rooms, the operation rooms is free? You think the surgeons are free? You think the transport of that organ? Because it can go to 50 different people. All those operating rooms, all the airlifts, all the ambulance, the company who organizes all this, there's a lot of money involved with it. And where there's a lot of money, that's where Satan can creep in. It started off innocent. It started off good. But it's not there. And we have done so much research that we could never speak about all the atrocities that we're finding. We're shocked ourselves. And we have lost and we put our trust in these systems driven by money that they're going to stay clean and pretty. And we're so dumbed down. And we hear this commercial. And you want to be 16, 17. Teenagers are changing in America. They're doing something wonderful. They're gaining respect because they're doing this. You are being deceived. You are being tricked. You are being bedeviled by the devil himself. And you don't know it. And we have many good people doing bad things. We don't even realize it. Our lady said May 2nd, 2009. And she appeared. And Mariana says, Our Lady was very sad. And you know what with this message she did? She didn't say anything else. She gave the message and she left. She says, You are rejecting me. 
You are permitting sin to overcome you more and more. You are permitting it to master you and to take away your power of discernment. My poor children, look around you and look at the signs of the times. Do you think that you can do without God's blessing? I'm telling you, the whole organ thing now is not blessed. The only place is a living donor who may give their kidney or something like that to a family member or a loved one. Our lady continues, do not permit darkness to envelop you. What do you think about those words? Can you say, well, I wouldn't apply this to this. Then what do you apply it to? This is as much as darkness as anything else or abortion. What's going on? Oh, you're saying because someone wants to give the don't. No, not those people. They're not aborting anything. It's what they're doing with the organ is in the name of the God of the dollar. And that's his motivation. And this thing creeps in so slowly that they have all these ethics. We've already read all the rules, how they approach it, and so all sounds good. On the website, organdonor.gov, it has the whole thing from 1967 of all the progression of this. And again, everybody has good intentions in the beginning. But Satan gets in. Where life and death is going on, you always have Satan trying to penetrate that. So I'll jump all the way up to 2008. These are milestones for organ donation. And so they come up with this life medal called the Stephanie Tubbs Jones Gift of Life Medal Act, which established authority for the Department of Health and Services to issue a national medal honoring organ donors. You're not even going to be allowed to know you got it. So maybe perhaps they mean the family gets it. So you get a medal for that. See, they're coming up with these con things to make and make so much respect and such a great thing that what they've done. And it is great if you're alive and you do that. But if you go through a system that's corrupted, the ends do not justify the means. The fact that they're saying that your brain dead and yet your heart's still beating, which we spoke about last week, that it has sent a signal from the brain, your lungs are breathing, every breath told to do so by the brain, means it is not dead. You can't even believe how many things we've researched in the last couple of weeks of how many people are in a coma, such as one man, which is typical we're finding out there. He says, I screamed, but there was nothing to hear. A man is trapped in 23-year-old coma, reveals the horror of being unable to tell the doctors he was conscious. And that's what he's telling us. You're not conscious of the messages. She's trying to bring us out of a spiritual coma. This morning, we bring you the story of an amazing awakening. A man was believed to be in a coma for the last 23 years. It turns out he was conscious the whole time and could hear everything, but was unable to say anything. CBS News correspondent Elizabeth Palmer is in London with details. Elizabeth, good morning. Good morning, Harry. Yes, this is an extraordinary tale of a man in Belgium who came to the attention of researchers at the University of Liège who had been studying patients who were apparently completely unresponsive. For 23 years, doctors believed Ram Hoban was in a vegetative state, barely able to move or think after a car crash. And then a stunning discovery. Dr. Stephen Lawrence took another look at Ram's brain using the latest imaging technology. 
we put him in the PET scanner and uh, the fMRI and we saw his brain was functioning normally. So he was not vegetative, definitely not. For more than two decades, Rom had apparently heard and understood everything going on around him. Now the challenge was to let him communicate. A carer was trained to interpret the tiny movements Rom makes at the keyboard to spell out sentences. For Rom, it was a liberation. I shall never forget the day when they discovered what was really wrong with me, he wrote. It was my second birth. Now, Rom's case is exceptional, but Dr. Laurie's team found out that 40% of the patients diagnosed as vegetative in his study were, to some extent, misdiagnosed. What they're finding out is that the brain actually starts healing. It starts regenerating in certain ways. And there's a lot of cases. You do your own personal research where people can't move, they can't speak, and they're totally aware of everything. And a lady says to us, March 25th, 1990, I am with you even if you're not conscious of it. Our lady's trying to reach you. She's trying to bring us the truth and clarity of what's going on in the world. Go back, if you're doubting me, to the two-hour broadcast of the original Lion Voices. Nobody has the ability to say if somebody's brain dead or not, if their lungs are working and other vital things are happening. So we got another commercial that brings up a real important point that tells truth, while at the same time it's wanting to create empathy that you have for those people who need donated organs. My name is Carla, and we've been waiting for a heart for 2,500 days. My name is Francisco, and I've been waiting for a heart for 18 months. Hemos estado esperando un corazón por un año y medio. My name is Gavin, and I've been waiting for a heart for seven years. I've been waiting 123 days for a heart transplant. 736 days for a heart. I've been waiting for a heart for 500 days. So what do we make of this? Can you say this is demonic? These poor people who need an organ? Seven years for a heart? A child sound like a baby? I've been waiting 500 days for a heart. Another 736 days. In the beginning, it said 2,000-something days. What are we to make of this? It's really waiting for somebody to die so that you can live. Satan is very deceiving, and he preys on our empathy, too. If you ask somebody a hundred years ago, educated or not educated, even a peasant, and what would he think about these things and the way we live and what we do and how we operate and present these situations, what do you think of this? They would say it's wrong. And if you ask them, why is it wrong? They say, because it's wrong. Explain to me why it's wrong, you ask them. They're going to say, it's wrong. Adam lived that way. God told him what not to do. He said, okay. But Eve wanted to know why it was wrong. We're not to eat of this fruit. Adam didn't want to know the reasons. He was told it's wrong in his heart. Don't eat of the fruit. But the devil told Eve when she entertained it, it's because God knows you're going to be like a God when you eat this. You'll know what's good and evil. People living a long time ago the Christian spirit was so alive, it was easy to discern. See, they knew the Ten Commandments back then. In the book of James, it says, you violate one commandment, you violate them all. So number one, I am the Lord, there are no other gods. 
and you validate this because the doctors are saying this person is dead when he's not, or you can do this, or you can do this with the body. You're putting yourself in place of God. Medicine has become a God. Number five, thou shall not kill. You're killing people to give life to another. And what are we going to do as this exponentially grows? Because that's what's happening now. That when we take an organ for somebody and give it to another, that person dies as a result, not just the injuries or whatever's wrong with them. And they get a liver, one gets a kidney, one gets that, and then they get older, and they're going to take their parts out of that body, a third generation, a fourth generation, we keep doing these things. It's going to be growing where so many people have different things clinging to life instead of just God gave me this time frame to just die, that we're doing everything to hold on to life, even to do what the Sixth Commandment says, that should not steal. Because if you're stealing somebody's life to have your own life, it's stealing. You say the recipients don't know this. That's true. But that's why our lady's here, to expose these things. That's why our lady said, the united love of my apostles will live, will conquer, and will expose evil. We're supposed to be saying what we're saying right now. You cannot want life so much that you're willing to steal someone else's life. The Eighth Commandment, that shall not bear false witness. The propaganda, the PR, the campaign that they got to deceive people, it's a false witness. The colleges and universities, all these training these doctors, even deceiving them, they bear false witness. And the Ninth Commandment, that shall not cover a neighbor's goods. But this is not a car, you say, or somebody's bicycles. Yeah, it's bigger than that. It's a higher level. It's the organs. The ends do not justify the means. One life can't be taken to save a hundred other life. You can be with a platoon of soldiers. You can be walking, and you can see somebody throw a hand grenade, and that one soldier jumps on that and saves 20 soldiers around him. That's love, and that's giving one's life for another. This is not. I'm drilling this into you. you got to go in this more through prayer and see how deceived we are. The procurement is satanic. The system is satanic that is being exposed. And again, throughout this, we said spread this. We're hearing people that's giving this already to other people, just like you're going to hear an interview that we did to somebody who's been a nurse for 25 years, supporting, following. Her children have been raised coming here to see her lady, and she's been a nurse. And now she's just realizing, listen to the original broadcast, I'm participating in something that's so serious that I'm in sin, and i got to get out of it. My name is Mary. I'm, I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse over 25 years. Right now, at the current time, I'm working as a hospice nurse for the last few years. I did critical care for a long time. As I laid in bed last night, I started thinking about things. When a patient passes away on hospice, part of our protocol is to call organ donation. And I was thinking the first thing that they asked me is the patient got a heartbeat. And then the second question they asked me is the patient on a mechanical ventilator or have they been? Mary, did you learn these things in your medical school or nursing school as far as what it entailed concerning organ donations? What did they teach you? Well, they teach you that it's very beneficial to be an organ donor, and you could save someone's life. They can use your you know, organs for different parts. They never put it in a sense that you're taking organs from a live patient, and they continually give us education on it, too, and encourage us to call organ donations. I mean, I just called 
last week. And then, of course, I'll get a little present from them because I had a patient that donated their corneas. Do you believe what they tell you, the organ organizations is trying to say there's a shortage constantly, the big PR program they have? Are they doing things that pressure you? or Most definitely. Most definitely. It was two weeks ago. It's ironic because two weeks ago we had an in-service again um, from the people from Orlando. And they show you the videos. They show you other countries. They show you where the organs go, the people that they helped. And they even have these people doing interviews saying, oh, because of this person in my life was saved, I got this heart. I got." And you are. You're totally brainwashed to think that you're doing the right thing, not realizing that that person that you received that live organ from was a live person, that you're being told that they were brain dead. Are the procurement companies using this term, brain dead? Exactly, that's the term they use. But you just accepted that as normal, right? Right, and to me, I didn't sleep well because I'm thinking, gosh, I don't want to be a part of this, this is terrible, what's going on? Man is driven by Satan and doesn't even know it. October 2nd, 2009. Dear children, as I look at you, my heart seizes with pain. Where are you going, my children? Have you sunk so deeply into sin that you do not know how to stop yourselves? That was a question. And I raised the question myself a moment ago. Where do they stop? Where do we go to the next thing? There are certain things that are in the domain of God, not man. You just don't do it and have to come up with reasons why you can't do it. All you have to know is right and wrong. We don't have to go and debate. We don't have to do what Eve did. Why is it wrong? Oh, because God doesn't want you to know you would be like God. So the people explain this away are saying, we're like God. We can do this. We can put a new face on a person. We can declare when they're brain dead. And now we find out in many cases they aren't brain dead. So they're not a very good God. If you're in prayer, you don't have to have the education intellectually to know this is just wrong because it's written in the heart. I wrote it in far When television came on the scene in the 1920s or so, it said that thoughtful men were troubled by it. We don't think. We don't reflect. We just accept. Oh, it's a great institution because they're saving lives. We put our trust in them and their ethic committees and not in God. Charlie says, have you sunk so deeply into sin that you do not know how to stop yourselves? You justify yourselves with sin and live according to it. Permit me to help you not to die, but to live with my son forever. In the book of John, it says to test the spirits because we're in a spiritual coma. Our lady's showing us and telling us like she did on October 25th, 2006. You are not conscious. There it is again. Everything we're talking about is being conscious. But you're a vegetable and you're in a coma. And yet you're conscious of everything around you. Our Lady is alerting us to be conscious. You are not conscious, little children, that God has given you a great opportunity to convert and to live in peace and love. You are so blind and attached to earthy things 
and think of earthly life. Seven years waiting on a heart? Forget the heart. I'm not being hard-hearted by saying that. Live for the moment that you have every day. Yes, if somebody as a child dies and it's clearly there and they can do it and ethically they do it correctly, then those things can happen. But that's not what's happening because the dollar has gotten involved with it. So the scripture says, testing the spirits in John 4, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are of God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit which confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He came as man with skin, with organs, a human being. In the flesh is of God. So if you confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit which does not confess Jesus is not of God. And that's our problem today. We're playing God. If we can put a face on someone now, we'll be able to put a head on somebody later. Just certain things are wrong. You don't have justification intellectually to debate it, why it's wrong. It's just wrong. And if they can do a head for a new body, whose memory does it remember? Whose family does it go to? See, we create scenarios that are unthinkable now that have been thought through without reflection mindlessly. The scriptures continue. This is of the spirit of the Antichrist of which you heard that it was coming and now it is in the world already. Give me the date of the message where it says, Little children, you are of God. Do you know the date of that? I'll tell you the date of it. It's the date of 100 A.D. Because this is the book of John. And the verse I just read you is his words in the scriptures. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you heard that it was coming and now it is in the world already. Little children, John says, you are of God, not of man. Where did John hear that phrase? Our lady was entrusted to him. Who is he copying? Is he mimicking somebody that's told him that he admired? You don't see this in the rest of the New Testament. I've never seen it. But I've seen John say several times, little children. We don't have to guess where that phrase came from, what John says in scriptures. Look at any message. August 25th, 2015. Therefore, little children, be those who seek and love God above all else. You know what she says before that? The world is in a moment of trial because it forgot and abandoned God. Therefore, little children, be those who seek and love God above all. Yes, we have free will. Yes, we have freedom. But there's things that we are not supposed to enter into simply because they're wrong and no reason needs to be given for it. I am here to educate you and to teach you. Don't listen to lying voices. In the Catechism, it speaks in reference to what we're talking about. 
In the reference number 2295, it says the subject's potential consent does not justify such acts, those acts which hurts the dignity of the person to the moral law. You might say, well, that's not clear. Well, that follows in 2296 reference number. Organ transplants are not morally acceptable if the donor of those who legitimately speak for him have not given their informed consent. It's not saying consent. Many people have signed their driver's license. They're not informed of what you've learned in these broadcasts. So it's clear in the catechism, it is not morally acceptable if the donor or those who legitimately speak for him have not given their informed consent. Our phones have rang. People are giving us feedback. People are writing that they are taking their names off of this because they had no idea what that will go through. Don's story last week is typical. A woman at Wayne Weaver's funeral came up to us who had heard the broadcast and told us of her husband had died of a heart attack. All through the night they called, wanting his organs. She didn't want it to be rushed. She wanted to slow it down. A friend spent the night with her, she said. Well, it took place at that point after several phone calls. They said, they are still calling you now about this. Why are they hounding people so much? Are they driven to stay up in the middle of the night for the recipients? Or is there just a lot of money involved with this? So this catechism reference 2296 is clear. I want to read it again so that you hear it. Organ transplants are not morally accepted if the donor of those who are legitimately speaking, so that's the donor himself or the family members, legitimately speak for him, have not given their informed consent. If you remember in the original broadcast, the lady challenged the doctor in one of the segments that she didn't give a consent of being informed. And here it is, the catechism, black and white. It continues, 2296, organ transplants conform with the moral law and can be meritous if the physical and psychological dangers and risk incurred by the donor are proportionate to the good sought for the recipients. Don't think that's an excuse to go by that, and it's okay, because it follows with this sentence. It is morally inadmissible directly to bring about the disabling mutilation or death of a human being even in order to delay the death of the other person. Let me say something that I just thought about as I read this, about organ transplants conform with the moral law can't be meritorious if the physical and psychological dangers and risk incurred by the donor are proportionate to the good salt for the recipient. Maria knows people all over the world. She knows a doctor in Italy that's famous because he transplants hands and arms on people. He's an expert at this. She told me of a story that he transplanted one man's arm from a donor. It was successful. Three or four months later, he comes back to him. He said, take it off. The doctor questioned him. He said, I want this arm back off. I don't want it. Psychologically, he couldn't take it. He knew that was a dead man's arm. And at night and during the day, it plagued him. 
He didn't like looking at that. Psychologically, he couldn't take it. And that's what it says. If the psychological dangers and risk, and of course it says incurred by the donor, but the fact is, there's a lot of things connected to this that people aren't reflecting, they're not thinking, that some things are just wrong. If you go on PubMed.gov, which is the U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institute of Health, you'll find the J-Law Med Ethics 2010, where it's quoted to say, Brain death and the limits of science, why the whole brain concept of death is a flawed public policy. This is on the government site. So they're telling you that brain death and its science is flawed. It continues and it says, legally defining death in terms of brain death unacceptably obscures a value judgment that not all reasonable people would accept. This is disingenuous and it results in serious moral flaws in the medical practices surrounding organ donations. I'm not finished. But I want you to remember, this is on pub, P-U-B, med.gov. It continues, public policy that relies on the whole brain concept of death is therefore morally flawed and in need of revisions. They're saying this eight years ago. This is flawed. We're saying brain death, we think we can determine it, and we can't do that, and it's all the vital signs have stopped. The major three, the lungs, the heart, the circulation. And they have to take those vital organs before that stops. So you figure that out. I think it's important to end this, to inform you about a website we've talked about on a couple of these broadcasts already in the series, the Life Guardian Foundation. You would go to this site for you who have checked on your driver's license donor. So if you go in there and take that off, the Life Guardian Foundation says your refusal for organ donation must be documented. They state in our paperwork, quote, upon registering at the DMV, Department of Motor Vehicle, your verbal decline stating no when asked whether or not you wish to be an organ donor is not honored. So you're at the clerk, you're getting your driver's license, you're getting your permit, and they say you want to be a donor, and you say no. They don't honor that. That tells you everything, that one thing. A man's word is his word. So if you say no to them, they say it's not honored. The Guardian's paperwork says, according to the language of the law, quotation, language of the law, Revised Anatomical Gift Act 2006, you must opt out. In other words, they're immediately, automatically putting you in there. You have to opt out documenting your refusal in writing using explicit language. Otherwise, it is presumed that you intend to be an organ donor and you have consented to every test and treatment to keep organs healthy and to be utilized for the purpose of organ transplantation, education, and research. 
This one thing alone tells you what the whole industry is about because they've passed laws for the DMVs across the United States of America to have that available. And this is not informed consent, as what the catechism says. So this is illegitimate, it's mortally wrong, it's mortal sin on those who perpetrate this. So it continues, you must document your decision of refusal for organ donations. And I won't go into the rest of it. You need to go look it up. You need to get the paperwork. But they have a question and answer. What I was reading earlier about the skin transplant, like sunburn, which is ridiculous, not even logical, not even common sense. They got their questions and answers at the Guardian. And it says, then why are we asked to be an organ donor if they won't wait until we are truly dead? The answer is, after true death, no organs can be transplanted. Applicants for a learner's permit or driver's license are not informed. Remember the catechism says it's morally wrong if you don't have informed consent. You're not informed properly about this. Licenses are not informed about the risk of being declared brain dead or the heart dead rather than truly being dead. When organs are taken, all donors are living and not truly dead. Donors are paralyzed to keep them from moving and squirming when cut to take their organs. In some countries such as England and more recently the USA, donors are given anesthetics to avoid pain. So a second lie with this of their PR campaigns, why is England and USA now of late coming on board deciding to give anesthesia to a dead body. Think about that. They're requiring that. Why? Because evidently, they're almost never dead. You see the point? If it's a dead body, if you're brain dead, and you can't feel anything, why are they putting them under anesthesia? Well, we're just doing this just in case. Well, there's no just in case with this situation. You're either dead, and you're clearly dead, and you don't have to worry about that, or maybe there's some doubts. See, that's a self-emission of a deception. We're having to anesthetize these people because there may be a possibility they may be feeling this. Reflect on that. Think about that. This thing is full of deception with slick public relations. Why do they do a commercial when you're automatically signed up, even if you say no, when you go to the DMV? Why do they anesthetize a body that's dead? That's a wasting of an anesthesiologist. You mean they're going to pay him an operating room to do that? These guys are expensive. They don't make any sense. Except when you put common sense to it, that when you get operated on, you don't want to be in pain. How can a dead body be in pain? Why do that? See, this is self-emission. The deception is proven by the factual, not by theory, but by what their actions are. They're saying that. So we hear from another nurse who works in ICU. She wrote in concerning Lion Voices of Liverpool, Part 2, The Callousing of the Heart. She says... I was a nurse in ICU ER for over 30 years. I was conflicted then about organ donations 
as I was involved in many procedures. I have never been an organ donor myself because of what I saw and participated in while working. My heart continues to go out to those families and now new families who are dealing with this pressure, she put that on caps, because it is pressure, all in caps again, period. She continues, please forgive me. I believe this industry has completely devolved into evil. Medicine and hospitals are slowly forgetting why they were created. At least, this is becoming my view. I stay away from them. Three explanation points. And then she continues, too much activity behind the scenes. That's in quotation marks. That one is not aware of. Two exclamation points. It does focus on the dollars now. Thank you. This nurse is from Ohio. She's an expert. By the very nature of 30 years working in ICU. So you can say, well, we can't take their word. People don't take her word because she just worked there. These are the boots on the ground. These are people who have the cognition, who live through these things, who can testify just like any witness called in the court. Tell us what you saw. You just heard it from the horse's mouth. This is demonic. The same people that built this system that you have to opt out and you're not informed that you're supposed to do this. And you just say no, and they sign you up. Is the same people who did this commercial. I've waited seven years. I've waited 2,000 days. Don't be deceived by Satan. We are commanded to bring everything to the light. It is Our Lady who has said this. We're to act on it. Everything's gone black. so cold It's so dark here Only you know how deep the darkness goes You know it all You've heard
pray that this gets more exposed. Spread these broadcasts. Tell everyone. Inform everyone. Because it's part of our latest plans to change the direction of the world. We wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Mechagoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.